Hello, everyone. I am the host of the Codex Podcast. I'm Sonny Kruger. And with me today, I have the writer of Buffy the Last Vampire Slayer, Star Wars Adventures, and My Little Pony. She's the first guest of the Codex Podcast, One Shots. She is Casey Gilly. Hi, thank you for having me. Oh, thank you for joining me today. Glad to have you here. So with our one shots, we ask one question, one question, and that's it. And we see your answer. And let's see what you got. So the question we came up with you, we came up with for you is what was the process in writing Buffy, the last vampire slayer? Okay. So you want to know the process of me getting the job or the process of what my script writing and the art and the back and forth has been like? All of it. Okay. So yep. um, Take us getting, through it all. getting the job was a really cool moment in my career. The book's editor, Elizabeth Bree, um, I had worked with her on Star Wars Adventures. And in the time being, she had moved from IDW to Boom. And when she moved to Boom, she reached out and she said, hey, you know, I have this Buffy mini that I need a writer for. We don't really have a story yet, but they know that they want it to be Buffy is older and there's an apocalypse and a couple of other details. This was on like a Thursday or Friday afternoon. And she goes, can you get me a pitch by Monday? We're a little behind already. I was like, sure. So <laughs> spent my weekend pulling together a pitch and it, uh, I, I can't remember if I said this to you the last time we talked or not, but I feel both fortunate and a little bit at a disadvantage that the way that I get ideas is I get them all at once. They're this one big thing. It's not like I'll see a car and say, oh, what would it be like if that car suddenly started talking? I, that would be Knight Rider and I would be sued. Um, but my ideas are like, wow, I know this entire car's backstory in life and what happened. So as soon as I had the idea of older Buffy, this entire story just like exploded. I was like, okay, now I need to whittle it down to what makes the most sense, what can be contained in four issues and what I think would be the most compelling to, for Joe to draw. So I got the pitch together. It was approved, I think the next day, like it was fast. Wow. And then I wrote the first issue by the end of that week. Um, so my process for writing is, uh, I wrote for, I wrote my little ponies for so long that now the IDW, IDW has a preferred script format and they do it in a way that is very friendly for the letterer. So it's really clear about what order speech bubbles are in. Um, it's really easy to edit and it's just become kind of my preferred format. But within that, what I always like to do before I start is have a conversation with the artist. I wanna find out what they're into, um, if there's anything that they're really into drawing at the moment or anything that they really hate drawing. Uh, I spent a lot of time on Joe's Instagram. Um, he is really amazing at anatomy. So Elizabeth sent me his immediate character designs for Buffy and Spike. I was like, oh, these are great. Like we're, we were on the same page before we had even spoken. And the way that he had aged her up and the costume design that he had for her was just so right where I was thinking. Um, so I do, the, the kind of research I do is really about my artist. I asked Joe some questions, just like getting to know him. Um, when I write, I think about my script as only being for my artist. Like, yes, my editors and letters and colorists need it. And I will, I include details like time of day or if lettering needs to be in a different font, but I also want to give them a lot of room to do their yeah. own. They're, they're experts for a reason. Um, 
but I really just think about, I want to write this to inspire Joe. I want him to laugh at it. I want to create moments where he can really stretch and, you know, come back with something cool. Uh, he and I were actually on the phone on Friday where I was talking to him about a two page spread for the final issue where I was like, Hey, I have this I'm a really visual writer. Um, and I wanted to talk through of like this idea I had just to make sure it would fit with like the gutters in the book. And it's kind of an odd shape. So we spent like a half an hour on the phone talking about two pages. Um, and then when it comes to writing, I, I try to be a good writer and do an outline first, but it's hard because especially if you're writing single issues, um, things change. Like from the plot that I originally pitched to now what's being published, there's a lot of differences. Yeah. And there are things that just Elizabeth, Gavin, Joe and I, in writing it, we were like, this doesn't feel right anymore. Like we wanna do it this way instead or we thought that this character would play a bigger role and now they're actually not in the comic much. Um, so I try to plot out at least at the major points of each issue. That way I can have room for like, oh, I really wanna get this in there. Um, but the way that I think through things is really dialogue driven. And I, I feel like, I don't wanna brag about myself because that's- Go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> I read the issue, I read uh, issue number one, so it was very good. So you, you have the right to brag. Um, I think even in ponies and like Star Wars, like dialogue is something I feel like is the easiest thing for me to write. I hear it. I attach to characters' voices really quickly. Like the way an artist would get really quickly on brand for a specific license. I feel like that's something that um, comes very naturally to me. So I hadn't watched Buffy in such a long time. When I started writing, I was like, I gotta remember how they talk. And I slammed out five pages. I was like, oh, I remember how they talk. <laughs> like it was Came back to you. Yeah. yeah, it was just there. And um, so from there, I do my first draft of the issue. And then my editors take a look at it, give me any kind of notes. We talk through things. Um, one of the proudest moments I've had on this book so far was issue three. My editors came back and said, we don't have any notes. And I was like, what? Oh, something you don't really hear often. No, like they had a couple of weeks, like, oh, can we, like, we can't have this thing. Like we can't have smoking or, wow. um, or, hey, I think that this panel could be bigger. And uh, I was like, are you sure? And they're like, yeah, we tore it apart. There's no notes. And I just like hid in my shirt. I was home alone. like, oh my God. Um, I felt like I, I did a good job. Um, it's awesome to hear that. Yeah. My favorite and most dreaded part though are the edits. Like I'm so hungry for their feedback and I wanna make sure that I delivered what was expected of me, but I have this ritual and it's funny. Um, Teeny Howard is one of my closest friends. She writes X-Men and Catwoman. Um, she's written Power Rangers, like she's an incredible writer. And she and I talk all the time and I was like, do you hide when you get edits? And she was like, I totally do. <laughs> so I have to like, like going into a pool of cold water. Like I have to dip my toes in. Like I'll open the document and see how much red yeah. there is. I'm like, okay, there's this much red. And then I'll look and see like, what did they like? And then I'll wait like an hour and then I'll be like, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready for, to tear it apart. Um, because they have just such a good zoomed out point of view. They are feeling how the story hits. It's been in my head for so long. Like I'm immune to a lot of it. 
or there, there, <laughs> there's actually in issue two, there's a moment where um, Thessaly finds a box and then I'm having her pull this stuff out of it. And I had described it as a shoe box and two panel, only two panels later, Elizabeth was like, wow, that's a lot of stuff in this shoe box. We might need to make it bigger. It's like bigger oh, box. Yeah. You're right. I don't know how I thought this was all going to fit in here. Um, so they're, they're just amazing at it. And it turns into like this contest with myself, of like how much better can I make this? Like, I want to take their notes and not just make these changes, but like deliver something even better and treat it really like a refining process. I feel like I'm talking so slowly, but so from there, no, no, we, all good. Um, Joe starts drawing and the best part of every day is where I'll see our email chain pop up and he'll have a page and he does like the inks. So he'll show us the inks. We'll all do a spot check against the script, say yes, no, or like maybe tweak this. Um, and Joe is really fast. I mean, he does sometimes like two pages a day and wow. yeah. So we get those pages in and then from there it goes to lettering and coloring. And then I see a final lettering pass just to make sure like I tend to overwrite a little bit because, and, and Joe and everybody knows like some of this will be cut. Like I don't want to cover your art. Um, so I always ask to do a lettering pass because I end up cutting dialogue that's communicated either in the acting or the art or the coloring. Um, but I have it in there more for context and to like inspire Joe or say, you know, like this is their expression. This is what they would be saying. Um, but then often it's so good. I just end up cutting all that out. So then yeah. do, do that pass and then it is done and ready to go to print. And then I panic right the next issue. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it happens. Well, Buffy the Last Vampire Slayer is out now that the first issue came out and I, I read it. I did a review on it and I said it is very good. So I recommend anybody watching goes and checks it out. And uh, I look forward to reading issue number two. And now I know that this that Desilie's box was originally supposed to be a shoe box, but I guess it gets a lot bigger. But yeah, yeah. It's, it's always interesting talking and learning about the process of of writing and how a comic when how a comic is made and how yeah everything that happens and it's amazing. You said that it took a week that you only took a week on the first issue. Wow. Well, no, on the script. On the script. Oh, okay. Script. I just like banged it out. It, it was ready to go. Um, there are other scripts that I've taken longer on because I've had to figure out things. Um, but that first Buffy script just, it just flew out of me. Like it was ready to go. It was just all there. Yeah, and, and the story definitely does pick up fast and gets you right into the story, right into the mix of things. Yeah. Those... I know that there has, has been some feedback that people think that the issue was too full. And, uh, um, you know, what I would say is you get what you get with a 22 page comic and the writers and artists, we, we think about it. We know what we're doing. We're intentional. And sometimes things do feel busy because we want the story to feel crowded or we want it to feel like, Oh my God, what is going on? Like I'm a little overwhelmed or I don't know which direction the story is going to go. Like there definitely, there definitely was an intentional feeling of bouncing around a little bit in the first issue because we wanted people to have that that same sort of sense that the show had where intersecting lives are going on and you see glimpses into them um, yeah one character then you see the next yeah they're all maybe you're not going to 
going to care in the first issue, but hopefully you'll really care in the next one about something that you see. Well, I enjoyed it all. I liked uh, everything coming at me, and I'm really looking forward to issue number two of Buffy the Last Vampire Slayer. Yeah. And, well, Casey, that is it for our, our one shot, our quick one shot. Thank you again, Casey Gilly, and I'm your host of the Codex Podcast, Sonny Kruger, and everybody, we will see you all again soon at the next one shot.